and welcome to the Cult Cinema Circle podcast. My name is Jesse, and I'll be your host. So on today's episode, we're heading over to Europe, and we're having, that's right, a goddamn Euro trip, everybody. Uh, today on our episode, we're going to be covering a little movie from 2004 called Euro Trip. Um, and so this will be celebrating its 20th anniversary next month. So I thought I would do this in advance. Uh, why not? So my history with this film is this was definitely something that I mean really was made for like my demographic of, of people, right? Uh, you know, I, in 2004, I believe I was 12 years old. Uh, not that I could have seen this or anything, but this was targeted to like horny, straight teen boys. Um, and so, you know, uh, which I was none of those things. Um, but, you know, uh, that's what it was targeted to. But I remember uh, for whatever reason, and, you know, again, on, on the show we've talked about, you know, uh, maybe watching things that uh, were, were not appropriate for me at the time, uh, but that's okay, it's fine. And um, I, this was definitely one of them. Um, and, and we even talked about it, like, in on the Hot Check, for example, when I covered that with Horror Queers. You know, the this movie, like, Eurotrip, horror... Uh, hot chick sorority boys all these kinds of movies like i've seen them and uh yeah a lot of them just don't work there's only so many like i think the comedies of the 2000s that work i think have something going for them you know what i mean um so this one in particular, I definitely saw it as a kid, and I've watched it a couple different times. It does have a little, it has a certain place in my heart, um, just because I, I watched it when I was young, but I mean, overall, really, I mean, the movie itself is is not the best movie in the world. Um, however, I mean, if anything, the just the history of the film and like how it came to be, it was kind of weird, but interesting nonetheless. And the fact that they did shoot this in literal, the Czech Republic and also in Germany, technically, um, I think that's really fascinating too. Cause I'm just like, wow. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I think this movie has like fun little chuckles throughout it. You know what I mean? But you know, it, it's very surface. It's very much like, you know, it's, there's not much going on and, you know, <laughs> like everything is very, you know, stereotypical, very, um, of its time. You know, this was a 2004, um, so really this was shot in 2003, I believe. So, you know, anyway, but, uh, but as we normally do on the show, um, we're going to go into some facts and figures of the movie, talk about like the production history and anything I could find about that. We'll also do a little bit of a, a plot summary, play breakdown. Uh, I don't think we have to break down our characters too big, too much, but you know, if anything, we'll do that. And then we'll, we'll talk and uh, have a fun little conversation about this. How about that? So, with Eurotrip in particular. So this movie was released uh, February 20th of 2004. So this uh, is celebrating its 20th anniversary this year. Uh, has a runtime of about 92 minutes. Um, so it at least gets in and gets out, which is nice. This is also a DreamWorks picture. So this was technically uh, released by DreamWorks. Um, so this is uh, a co-production of course um with the montesiro picture company i believe or whatever the fuck that place was called but um but dreamworks yeah was like the it was distributed by them pretty much so that's interesting because you know it, it really it's just that steven spielberg what was it um whoever that guy katzenberg was whoever started like DreamWorks was just like, yeah, let's make this fucking movie. But they had already done like other like kind of silly movies like this before anyway. So, you know, it wasn't too far off, you know, uh, by this point. And this does have the producers, which all, you know, from um, old school with Will Ferrell and road trip with Tom Green and all that. So it, it all kind of lives in the similar neighborhood, if you will. And we're looking at a $25 million budget. Um, so then in this film, uh, 
so it opened at number five with about six million seven hundred and eleven thousand three hundred and eighty four dollars for opening you know, gross um and then it went on to make about seventeen million seven hundred and seventy one thousand three hundred eighty seven dollars um so domestically internationally it made about four million eight hundred thirty three thousand seven hundred and sixty six dollars for a grand total of twenty two million six hundred and five thousand one hundred and fifty three dollars so needless to say this movie did a bomb pretty badly um so and of course critics i don't think really loved it too much we're looking at about 2.9 out of 5 on letterboxd um with a lot of people giving it like a three maybe like it was a lot of what i saw um and then looking at 47 percent on rotten tomatoes uh with about 120 reviews and then a 75 percent on um the audience score from about um 250,000 plus reviews uh so i think this was not liked by critics obviously um or middling if anything uh but i think there are folks who do have a nostalgia for this movie and like i said i'm not gonna lie i also do too in a way um like i said there's some stuff in here that is funny um that i'm like oh this is like silly dumb whatever uh but then it just gets to be you know it just doesn't you know it doesn't land all the time uh but you know it is what it is so in this movie uh we have one credited director who is um Jeff Schaefer, but this is also actually directed by um, his friends Alec Berg and David Mendel, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, but yeah, they're mostly known. So Jeff, is, this is like his only movie he directed, pretty much. Um, but his friends, uh, the writers, uh, him and his two friends, they actually wrote the Cat in the Hat um, movie <laughs> with Mike Myers as the the titular cat um and then also bruno with uh sasha baron cohen uh which was kind of like a, a follow-up to borat uh so you know there was that and then let's see on some of our crew i'm gonna find some information uh so james l venable was the composer of this movie um he has done i think he did something else before that i'm not remembering well but uh he did scary movie three four and five so he composed all of those movies he also uh did clerks too as well um but that name sounds familiar so i feel like he's done some other stuff um the cinematographer director of photography is david egby and the only thing i have in my notes is scooby-doo yes he is the guy who shot scooby-doo so i thought that was very fun but he also did other things as well but you know scooby-doo is his uh magnum opus if anything uh don't worry i do want to do it on the show at some point we're gonna we're gonna find some time anyway uh then we have roger bondelli uh who he was the editor um he did George of the Jungle with Brennan Fraser uh, Ever After with Drew Barrymore he also edited that and also It Takes Two with Mary-Kate Nashley Olsen so he also direct he also um, edited those which is kind of fun so those are like our main like crew members let us see though let's go to our letterbox real quick and we're gonna look and see if there's anybody else of note that are you know in the crew or anything that we're going to look for. So hold on just a minute. All right, let's see. Uh, let's look at some of the producers. Let's see what they did. So some of the producers, so like, for example, Tom Karnowski, uh, what the hell did he do? So he did this movie. What else did he do? He did like, I don't know what the hell these movies are. So not really sure. Um, David Minkowski, I guess. Oh, so he's kind of done. So he's a like Snowpiercer. He did Poor Things. Um, oh, Spider-Man: Far From Home. All right, cool, 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 cool. All right, so that's one of the guys. He's a producer. Um, and yeah, they had like assistant directors and everything like that. Because, like I said, there were. I think three of these directors and then I'm sure there was assistant directors as well. Um, but yeah, that's kind of fun. Let's see who else is in here. Oh, there was at least one woman on the, um, producing of this movie, which <laughs> it shows. Um, Oh, or like Daniel Goldberg, he did like the hangover, uh, all the hangovers, all three parts of them. He did old school and he also did space jam as well. 
So, of course, they're going to be like, hey, hey, remember what we did? Um, and, like, David Mandel, he did... Um, oh, yeah, no, like, he's his one of his friends. Never mind. Let's see, let's see. Who are some of the executive producers? Ivan Reitman. Oh, he's that guy. He just actually died recently. Oh, okay, got it, got it. He's the guy who did, like, Meatballs and Stripes and Ghostbusters. So he is an executive producer on this movie. So that, that makes complete sense to me. Um... Oh, yeah. Totally, totally. Let's see. Is there anybody else a fun... Ooh, production designer. Let's see what he did. So, Alan Starsky, um, who was the production designer, goddamn, he did Schindler's List, and he also did The Pianist. Huh. Isn't that interesting? Huh. Interesting. All right. Let's see what else there is. Let's see what else. All right. Da, 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 da. Oh, because we will get into it. But yeah, like I said, this is all done in the Czech Republic and um, Germany, <laughs> technically. So there was they. These people did not go to Paris. These people did not go to Amsterdam. Um, these are all visual effects. Um, ooh, let's see who did the visual effects. Wait a minute. So the guy who did visual effects. So um, there's three of them. There's Chris DeConti. Uh, Kevin Blank, and then Jonathan Spencer Levy. Also, I hope you'll appreciate this. Uh, in visual effects on Letterboxd, when you look, it just has a picture of a dinosaur, which I appreciate. Anyway, Chris DeConti, he actually did Final Destination 3. He did Avatar. He also did Talladega Nights. Um, and also Mr. and Mrs. Smith. So he did visual effects on those. Oh, Kevin Blank, he did visual effects artist for Cloverfield and this movie. And then Jonathan Spencer uh, Levy, he only did this movie. So, if anything, Chris DeConti is, you know, he is stepping his uh, pussy up, if anything. Um, although he doesn't really seem to have any, like, more recent credits, but, you know, still... Um, he put in some work, goddammit. Uh, let's see, let's see. Uh, there were some stunts here. Who were some of these stunt people? Anybody fun? Oh, Pat uh, Romano. Uh, he was a stunt coordinator. Oh, he was the stunt coordinator on Clueless and back to, uh, oh, nope. Jurassic Park, 13 going on 30. Oh, okay. So he was, he was kind of on here for stunts and all that, because I'm sure they had to do a few of those. Um, yeah, James L. Vanderbilt. What else did he do? Uh, Zachary Mary Make a Porno. He did that one. Oh, he also did Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo. That that checks out. That all checks out, actually. Uh, anyway, so let's see. What else is there? What else? All right. I n no fun costume designers or anything like that. Oh, except for one of the costume designers is Julia um, Caston. She did this movie. She also did both the Bad Moms movies. Don't really know anything about those. Um, oh, and she did the Slapper She's French movie, which I still have no idea what the hell that is. But, okay, I'll go with it. <laughs> anyway, so that's our cat. That's our crew that we're going to talk about. And then uh, our cast uh, consists of well, I will say this, is that I don't think anybody's gone on to do anything, like, crazy big, you know? Um, so, we'll talk real quick. So, we have, um, what the hell is his name? Oh, my goodness. Scott Mechlowitz, which apparently they had a hard time finding Scotty, and he was actually a, um, he was a student at, I believe, UCLA or something like that, and they ended up finding him, and he, this was kind of his, um, his debut, really. Um, he was, did this in Mean Creek, um, which is a movie, it was a little indie movie that they did, um, so yeah, I've never really seen Mean Creek, actually. Um, the only thing I know about Mean Creek is that Josh Peck is in that, and that was right around the time where, um, he was, like, coming off of doing Drake and Josh, or he was still doing it, or something like that. Um, and Rory Culkin's in that, but yeah, anyway. So, but that's what Scott did, and he's also named Scott in the movie, which is kind of fun. Uh, Jacob Pitts, who is Cooper, he, uh, literally did this movie, and he also did, um, he has a small part in Across the Universe, but it's, I, he didn't really do much in terms of a whole lot of other, like, notable things. Um, he was on, like, TV shows a couple of times, but that's really it. Um, 
Travis Wester, who he did this film, again, didn't really do a whole lot of films like that, but he's also like on TV stuff. I am currently trying to watch Scrubs. That's a lot to take on, but I am in the middle of trying to watch it. And he was actually just on an episode uh, in the first season, which is kind of fun. And then, of course, the one, the only, we got to talk about Miss Michelle Trachtenberg. I mean, come on now. Like, I love Michelle Trachtenberg. You will definitely be hearing later this year on a Harriet the Spy episode. I already had that planned. Um, so I, I love her for that. But also, like, Ice Princess from Disney. Um one of if my favorite Gregor Aki movie, Mysterious Skin, and she's fantastic in that movie. Um, and also like Black Xmas and on all this. And I, I really do love Michelle Trachtenberg. I think she's a great um I think she's a great actress. And of course she was on Buffy, so that's what how a lot of people would know her as well. But um God, I love her. Anyway, so she plays Jenny. And then some other random people in here. So you have Vinnie Jones, who plays, like, um, what's he, what he credited as? Mad Maynard, um, who's, like, the the asshole, like, uh, footballer guy. Um, so he's from, like, She's the Man and, like, uh, Axeman the Last Stand. Um, a couple different things. He was actually an actual British footballer, like a soccer player, and then he became an actor. So I thought that was kind of fun. Uh Kristen Crook uh, is in this movie as Fiona, um, who breaks up with Scotty in the beginning of the movie. Um, she is from Smallville, mostly. Most people would know her from. Um, so there's that. And yeah, there's like the... You have uh, Mika, played by Jessica Bors, who is actually a German singer and actress. She made her a debut in this movie. Um, but she actually was also um, like a singer, kind of, which is sort of cool, um, in Germany, which I thought was really fun. So yeah. Um, and then you have some random ass, like... Uh, so not cameos, but it's just like smaller parts that are, you know, so like Fred Armisen plays like the creepy Italian guy. Um, of course he's from SNL in Portlandia. Um, JP Minot, um, he is, uh, actually, a, uh, he's more of a voiceover artist kind of now, but he's done all sorts of stuff, you know, um, a fun little thing with him. He is actually the voice, uh, not of David Spade's, um, Cusco and the Emperor's new groove, but, when they did like the emperor's new school and like some of the video games of the emperor's new groove, he's actually the voice of Cusco, um, on some of the offshoot stuff. Um, so that's kind of fun, but he, he's had like an interesting little storied career. So yeah, he's plays the robot guy, um, in quote France. Um, anyway, so then you have like Lucy Lawless, Xena warrior princess herself playing, um, Madame Van der Six. Uh, and then Diedrich Bader plays the mugger in Amsterdam. Of course, he's from like Drew Carey. Um, he's from like Napoleon Dynamite, all that stuff. I got a Napoleon Dynamite episode maybe coming up too, so be on the lookout for that. We'll talk a little bit about Matt Damon's weird little uh, cameo in this movie, but he is in this movie as uh, his name's Donnie in the movie, uh, but he is the lead singer of this band at this party in the beginning. And, uh, what else is there? Who else? Da, 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 da. Oh, and then you have some fun people who are, are, like, uncredited or their stuff got cut. So, for example, Joanna Lumley, who, um, anybody who may know, but if you don't know, she is Patsy Stone from Absolutely Fabulous. Um, she plays a hostel clerk, um, who her scenes got cut out of the movie. Um, but you also have, like, uh, Jeffrey Tambor plays Scott's dad. Um, he's, like, it's a small part in, in all this, um, in here. And then also the old woman in the confessional at the end, like, at the church, that's Mitty Sterling, which is fun, because, you know, she's from, she's Iris from Drop Dead Gorgeous and all of that. You know, so we love that for her. But yeah, no, that's uh, that's our cast and our crew that we're going to talk about. You know, it's always fun, dandy. Um, so yeah, talking a little bit about how this movie came to be, though. So we got to talk a little bit, a little bit about that. So for Euro Trip in particular, it's not like there's some giant, gigantic, like, you know, story of how this came to be. I really think, um, we got to talk a little bit about Jeff Schaefer as, like, a person, I guess. Um, so Jeff Schaefer, um, he, 
ended up uh, after he was in Ohio, so he ended up um, he was raised in Ohio, and so after going to high school there and graduating, he ended up going to Harvard College, which is Harvard University, where he was a part of the humor publication, the um, Harvard Lampoon. Now, if you know anything about anything, you may know that the Harvard Lampoon is kind of the offshoot, or it's the beginning of what would end up becoming National Lampoon, because the people who made National Lampoon are from the Harvard Lampoon, if you didn't already know that. So, yeah, that's kind of fun. Um, and some of the notable members of this are uh, all sorts of different people, but uh, some of the, I guess, most well-known ones. Let me look. Like Fred Gwynn, who plays, uh, you know, in the Munsters. He was in Pet Cemetery. He was there... Uh, William Randolph Hearst, which if you don't know, Patty Hearst, that's like his granddaughter or something like that. Uh, let me look real quick. Hold on. Yeah, Patty. Oh, Patricia. Oh, that was the thing with that too. Um, oh no, that's the old one. Never mind. Sorry. The older one. Yeah. So anyway, but he was a part of it. Um, Colin Jost from Weekend Update. He was also part of that. Uh, a little man by the name of Conan O'Brien was also on the Harvard Lampoon. Yeah, a couple different people um, who are part of this, but it's a humor magazine, and that's literally where National Lampoon came out of, pretty much. So all of those movies that have to do with National Lampoon and all that kind of stuff... Um, that's because there were graduates of the lampoon that happened anyway. So yeah, Jeff, um, Schaefer, he was a part of that with his buddies, uh, Alex Berg and David Mandel. So after college, uh, they actually wrote a couple of episodes of Seinfeld and he actually also executive produced, um, during their ninth season of Seinfeld. Um, and he was, he was doing all that. He also directed things, um, for Curb Your Enthusiasm with Larry David, um, a couple different things, but this is him being a part of, and also being the, the credited director of Eurotrip. Um, so really, I, I don't think there was much in terms of a, a story that they were like, we're trying to say something. This really was just because like teen sex comedies were doing, showed that they could make money, you know? So they thought, why not try our best at that? <laughs> let's, let's do it. Um, so yeah. Uh, as I stated already, um, so they wrote this, and you can tell that they're not, like, um, seasoned uh, screenplay writers, because the writing's kind of weak, honestly. But all the scenes in here were uh, shot in Prague, Czech Republic. Um, like I said, there's also, um, there's at least a little bit of um, this going on with... Um, a lot of it was done in the Czech Republic. There is on the credit saying that they did do something in Germany. I just don't know what they did there, but yes, that's why, uh, of course they're saying that they're in Amsterdam, uh, like actual Germany. Um, and you know, all this stuff like Paris, but they're actually all just at the Czech Republic. And this is all just being green screened into there, um, to make it look like that. So yeah. Um, yeah, like, it's so crazy, like, the stuff that's set in, like, Ohio was done at the International School of Prague, um, and, like, the scenes where the main characters are boarding the Paris Railway are done in the Prague's main railway station, um, the scene inside Vatican City was actually done at the Prague's National uh, Museum, um, yeah, so crazy, uh, but I will say this. So one of the big things, and I'm sorry I didn't mention it already, but uh, the thing that I think this movie has going for it is the illustrious and um, just really uh, legacy that is Scotty doesn't know. So in the beginning of the movie, Scotty is broken up with his girlfriend um, or broken up by her. And so he uh, goes to this party and it happens to be that um, this song is played uh, pretty much saying that, you know, um, he's been 
cheated on by his girlfriend with this guy. But it's, like, really catchy and really good, right? Um, so, yeah. Um, what had happened was with this, so... It's just, like, a bop and a banger. It ended up being recorded by the band Lustra. Um, and it's just gone on to really be a symbol of this movie. Uh, also funny, and that's one of the funny things about it, is that, like, the, the song is really fun. But also, it's, like, it follows the, the characters throughout the the movie which I thought was interesting like there's like a techno version of it and then there's like a ringtone of it like I just thought that was like really silly and kind of fun but anyway so Matt Damon plays like I said Donnie is is the lead singer um, of this band at this party uh, but the reason that they were able to have Matt Damon because what had happened was around the time there um, well you gotta remember this is 2003 and Oh, I don't know. Uh, we were kind of going through a time where we had a whole war going on. And also, we had SARS outbreak going on as well. Um, <clears throat> you know, so it was kind of hard to to just bring people uh, to, like, the Czech Republic just for funsies to have them in the movie. Um, so, of course, they had their main cast, like, be there. Um, but that's probably why, like, for example, like... Like, I don't know why Jeffrey Tambor's the dad, but, like, maybe he was already in the Czech Republic? I don't know. Um, but apparently, uh, Matt Damon was actually filming um, the movie The Brothers Grimm, uh, which I don't know what the hell that is. I don't even know what that movie is, to be honest with you. Uh, what the fuck is this? Oh, it's a fantasy adventure film. Oh, it's Terry Gilliam, and it has him, Heath Ledger, and Lena Headey. Oh, that's fun. Okay, well, apparently they were already in Prague, though, doing this. Um, and Matt Damon actually knew Jeff Schaefer and Alec Berg and like David Mandel they all knew each other from college because Matt Damon if you didn't already know um, before he dropped out of there he actually did go to Harvard so like um, yeah he just he knew them and he um, was wearing a wig for Grimm anyway so he was just like fuck it I'll just shave my head and uh, I'm gonna be this like person and yeah, and they had to get him in and out real quick, too. They literally, like... Because they did, like, a night shoot, pretty much. And so, like... Yeah, they did, like, a night shoot or whatever the hell. And so they literally had to get him in and get him out, really. Um, so, yeah, that's so crazy to me. But, yeah, it really was just because, like, Matt Damon just knew these guys anyway. And were like, hey, yeah, I'll do you a solid. Why not? Um, which is just how, how that works sometimes. <laughs> um, but, yeah... Uh, but yeah, I think Scotty doesn't know is like big a big part of that. Um, of course, like having these kind of crazy like um, uh, points of you know uh, being in Amsterdam, being at like um, you know being on the train like with like Fred Armisen playing the creepy Italian guy, uh, all all this kind of stuff kind of goes along with it but that's as much production history as i really could get uh there is an actual whole um there is a literal whole um well entertainment weekly did something in 2014 they do have like a kind of 10 things you didn't know about um 10 things you didn't know about euro trip for example uh so they did have that i'll actually go through it a little bit if you'd like um so this is done by sandra gonzalez in february of 2024 uh or sorry of 2014 what am i saying uh but yes so uh they actually did uh so the cast so like um scott melkowitz jacob Pier uh, pitts uh michelle trachtenberg uh, Travis Wester and then the producers all um, came for a Q&A session when they did this and so here's the things you didn't already know so yeah we already talked about uh, Matt Damon's thing where they had a lot of trouble casting um, casting Scotty uh, personally Scott Melkowitz doesn't really do it for me um, and I don't think he's like the strongest of actors or anything, but you know, it is what it is, but they did like Michelle Trachtenberg because they just thought she was kind of funny and they did want people who were like, that's, what's crazy to me is like, not crazy, but like, um, like Michelle Trachtenberg is literally 18 in this movie, which is funny because like in the end credits, like she is, you don't see her actual boobs, but like you see her topless, like jumping up and down. She's like, look at these, I'm 18 years old. Um, and she was also had, 
was coming off of, you know, having been uh, like a child actor, really. So this is kind of an interesting thing as well um, for her to go into. Uh, this is right around the same time she also did Mysterious Skin as well. But yeah. Oh, so uh, if you didn't already notice, uh, <laughs> Scotty's mom is reading a Jackie Collins book called Sinners, and he's also reading the same book on the train. The only reason for that is because that's the only book that they can get cleared by legal. So that is why everyone's reading the same book, Jackie Collins by Sinners. I have no idea what that book's about, but there you go. Um, uh, there was apparently, um, I don't even want to not even gonna go into it apparently there was a scene called the anne frank sex scene look it up for yourself if you want to um i i'm not going through all of this but apparently that was just too much so that actually got um instead of that scene they decided to write the club vander sex scene a little differently um once they could not do apparently the anne frank sex scene anyway but yeah so Oh, and also, like, the actor in um, the hotel scene where they're in Bratislava. Um, so, Miroslav um, Tabrowski, I guess. Uh, he's the Dustin Hoffman of the Czech Republic. And he actually really didn't want to do the scene. Because in his... Okay, so, like, the whole joke is that, like, in Bratislava, a dollar and 87 cents um american gets you so much and so like um they uh scotty tips like this guy who plays um miroslav uh who plays this like butler guy or like whatever and he gives him a nipple or whatever and so this guy's like a big deal in in the czech republic and he didn't want to slap this other guy but then they had to have a whole conversation with him about like you know no here's like about like american prostitution here's like about like getting slapped and like quote pimp slapped or whatever so you know but yeah this guy was very nice though Marislav um loved him apparently the original title of this movie was called ugly americans but the studio dreamworks didn't want um a movie with the ugly title in it or like a sarcastic or ironic um title um and they really had a fight with them um which is kind of like having a fight with your parents really um because, you know, they're going to call it whatever they want it to. And so, Eurotrip. But it was going to be Ugly Americans. Um, so, yeah. Oh, apparently also the nude beach scene originally had much less nudity in it. Um, and that could also just be really weird, too. That that whole scene is... If anything, like, I do appreciate there being butts and dongs in this movie. Like, I do. Just the implication of, like, what is going to happen at the end of that is a little odd. But, oh, well oh god anyway that that's just a little weird but I, I do appreciate at least not having just a bunch of boobs um you know we love boobs of course but i'm just like you know let's have some equal opportunity right and apparently the guy um who uh, so with the robot fight scene or whatever um the guy who is in like the Barney suit. Um, so there's like a guy who's like in a, a suit, like um, not the robot guy, but like there's a guy who's in like a really nice suit or whatever. And he gives um, Scotty a, like a nickel or whatever. Um, apparently that's his acting teacher from when he was young. And that's kind of fun. So, you know, why not? That's cute. But, um, but that's what entertainment weekly said about that. But there is a actual, let's see real quick. Da-da-da-da. Oh my god, wait a minute. So, I'm just trying to find it for y'all. There is a whole article that was done about Scotty Doesn't Know. And let me go find it real quick. Don't worry, I, I got you. There's a literal, it's literally called Oral History, so I'm finding it for you right now. So, Up Rocks, that's who did it. Um, August of 2018, uh, Mike Ryan wrote it, and he said... Uh, don't tell Scotty, but here's an oral history of Scotty doesn't know. And there is a whole literal um, article that you can read about how did Scotty doesn't know come to be. Um, I'm not really going to go into all that right now, like, because I don't really need to. Uh, but if anything, there you go. Fun. You know, but yeah, it's just so crazy to be like, you know, that this whole, this literal song got its own, like, article. I thought that was very fun. Anyway, so I guess if anything now, so we talked a little bit about just like the production, how it came, you know, the song, all of that. 
I mean, the, the, if anything, like there's nothing too crazy to write home about in terms of like the reception of this movie. Um, so the critical consensus of this film on like Rotten Tomatoes is a a trip worth taking if one's hot, um, not offended by gratuitous nudity and bad taste. So there's that. Um, uh, Stephanie Zakarek um, from Salon wrote, quote, the giddy ridiculousness of re- a road trip is a pleasant surprise. The picture starts out slow and unsteady in its rhythms, but when you begin to wonder if it's ever going to get funny or if it's going to be merely desperate all the way through, it lifts off like a wobbly helicopter and somehow it keeps flying. And then um, in the New York Times, Elvis Mitchell um, wrote that, quote, almost every girl in the theater with fewer than 10 lines um, to speak has to take her top off. And in his review for Village Voice, uh, Michael Miller criticized the film for its, quote, constant anxiety that women might turn out to be men and vice versa. So, yeah, not exactly the best um, in terms of that. Um yeah, and it looks like, although not um, as successful at the box office as uh, Road Trip, which came out in 2000, um, this did well on home video, and because of that, it turned into a cult classic, um, as you know. And so, uh, oh, uh, Ultra Culture uh, blogger Charlie Line, um, he actually, what did he do? He said, he introduced a screening of this film in 2011 at the uh, Institute of Contemporary Arts, which is in London. And he wrote in 2012 that, quote, Eurotrip is satire at its most brazenly self-loathing and audaciously um, entertaining. Um, and also, apparently, uh, Matt Damon has a bunch of people uh, come up to him saying Scotty doesn't know. So that's kind of fun. Uh, but yeah, so a little bit about that now if we're talking about just like the plot of this movie basic plot is that uh scotty who is played by scott melkowitz he's dumped by his girlfriend fiona who's played by kirsten crook um after his high school graduation and so him and his friend cooper they have this um they go to this party and we also meet up with these two twins as well uh, you have jennifer or jenny and then you have um jamie who's played by travis wester and then michelle trachtenberg respectively um so they're going to paris um for the summer and they're gonna like do a little euro trip of their own um but anyway so like the song scotty doesn't know it goes on at this party. Everyone now knows what happened to Scotty pretty much. And he gets like blitz drunk. And what pretty much happens is that at the end of the night, um, after they've come home from the party, uh, we find out that, uh, Scott had a German class and he has like this emailing back and forth pen pal going on with a person who he calls Mike. Um, cause he doesn't know who it is. Uh, really he just, he just thinks it's like some guy in Germany and they become real good friends. So Cooper is all like, Oh, well, you know, uh, yeah, like you are like, he'll want to arrange a meeting and then he'll want to like turn your genitals into wind chimes or whatever. Um, but he's like, no, like he's really cool though. He seems really nice. Blah, da, 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 right. And so, uh, anyway, so we, we find that out of like, all right, cool, whatever. So then, um, the next, uh, what happens up happening is that once he, uh, comes home from this, he's dejected, Scotty is, and he gets this email from Mike and he's all like, oh, hey, like, I, I'm sorry to hear about your girlfriend breaking up with you. That really sucks. And I thought, you know, I have this thing going on in my life where it's like, you know, um, I got to make some big decisions. So I thought maybe I'd come and visit you. Maybe we could arrange a meeting. And then Scotty's all like, oh, no, gay panic. And so, like, he's just like, no, you fucking freak. Like, you're not going to, like, do anything with me. Like, don't come to the States. Don't do anything. Blah, blah, blah. Fuck you. Right. And so then the next morning though after he wakes up all drunk and hungover you know uh <laughs> his little brother uh is reading his email and everything and he's like hey i can't believe this like chick wanted to come to like the states and like hook up with you or whatever and scotty's all like what the hell are you talking about like dude, this guy is like a mike is a guy dude like this is like no look like he sent me a picture of him this is him mike um he's like a geeky german dude and then this is his hot sister or his hot cousin jan or whatever and then the little 
brother's all like, no, that's Jan, the guy. And then this is Mika, okay? And so what we end up finding out is that actually it's been Mika the whole time. And then, you know, um, he's pretty much told Mika to fuck off because uh, he thought he, he uh, Scotty thought he uh, they were a guy. Because, um, oh, God forbid. But, you know, this was 2004. Anyway, so then, you know, Mika's all like, well, fuck you, then I'm going to block you. She did the correct thing. Um, and yeah, that all happened. And then because we need a movie, um, what ends up happening is that they go and uh, they're deciding, well, I guess we're going to go on a, a fucking trip of Europe. So they uh, take a job as couriers, pretty much. So him and Cooper do. They end up going to where the hell did they go first? They go first to London. They end up, you know, meeting these hooligans, these Manchester United hooligans, um, who end up taking them on a little trip uh, to Paris uh, after having a rousing uh, rendition of uh, "Morning Train" by Sheila Easton. Um, but anyway, so or Sheena Easton, sorry, Sheila Easton, whatever. Um, but Sheena Easton. Anyway, so fun fun time times and so they decide to meet up with the twins in paris and they've explained the whole situation of what's going on or whatever um but yeah so they go all there and then they're like all right well i guess what we're gonna do is we're in paris right now where we got to get to berlin right so what we're gonna do we're gonna make some fun little stops we're gonna you know we gotta get to uh, berlin but we're gonna go to amsterdam first we're gonna go here da 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 whatever we're gonna do that um so uh they end up one of the things they end up doing when they're still in like the France area, I believe is they go to this nude beach. Cause they're like, Oh, well once in a lifetime, let's go to a new beach. We end up finding out that the new beach that they go to is actually with a bunch of men there. Um, because the women actually don't go to that beach in particular, they go to a completely different beach. Um, and that was actually the beach that they were maybe going to go to before, but then they were like, no, nah, we can't go to that. That has this like stupid statue there, but then that's the whole joke. Um, and you have this whole like um, scene where Michelle Trachtenberg, so the guys like drop trow and they run, and they realize it's a bunch of penises, right? Um, so then Michelle Trachtenberg comes around and she's like in her little like you know um, <laughs> she's in like her little bucket hat and she's like in her little oversized like little sweatshirt, or whatever. Uh, she's like, thanks for waiting, whatever. And so then um, she takes off her little bucket hat and he's like, you know. She's just like, I, as if you could see me, but like, um, <laughs> she is shaking out her hair and she's like taking off and showing off this hot body and everything. Cause Michelle Trachtenberg. And anyway, so then she's like, Oh wait, no, I thought this was a nude beach. And then that's where the whole implication of this comes along where I'm like, wait, what the hell is going to happen at the end of this? <laughs> like running. Um, I think the more so the visual is kind of like the, the joke, if anything, um, I don't know how funny that's supposed to be. I guess it's just like the ridiculousness, but yeah. Okay. Um, anyway, what ends up happening there, they do get on a train at some point and that's when the whole Italian creepy guy happens, that whole thing. But they do end up in Amsterdam at some point. Um, when they go to Amsterdam, um, they separate. So Cooper goes to club Vandersex, which is ran by, uh, Xena warrior princess herself. Uh, Coop, uh, not Cooper, uh, Scotty and, um, Jen, they go, Jenny, they go to a little, um, bakery that they think is like a hash breakery. Like they think it's like weed brownies that they're going to have and like all this stuff. And then Jamie, um, he just goes and like goes to the camera store. Cause he's, we find out that he's like, he's obviously the awkward twin and he's like the weird one. Um, so he goes to the like camera store and he is, um, getting his camera cleaned, but like him and this like hot clerk, like pretty much hook up and he like gets a blow job, which is cool. Uh, but it's like really, not believable at all obviously of like yeah i mean listen oral sex is great and everything but like <laughs> are you gonna just like get robbed like that oh well you know things happen but yeah everyone has like a really uh upsetting night because uh cooper uh he thinks he's gonna have like this hot crazy like european sex but he does not get that instead he just gets like some really freaky kinky sex uh that he is not ready for and um 
there's like a little there's like a little monkey with symbols and all that kind of stuff uh lucy lawless is looking flawless i didn't mean for that to rhyme but it fucking does anyway so uh you have and i also it's so stupid but like uh the the beefy meaty guys who are like uh there are one's is named hans and the other one's named gruber uh that's just like oh ha 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 silly silly um so there's that and then like jenny and scotty they uh they have this kind of placebo effect because they think that they're high um at this bakery or whatever and uh i I do like the one scene i'd like that scene some a little bit and for the only reason because they're like freaking out or whatever and scotty literally literally like takes his shirt off because he's like burning up he's just like so hot or whatever and he like takes his shirt off and he's just like i watched a gay porn once i you know i i I realized like halfway through like the girls never came the girls never came like it's very much like that's the thing about this movie is that like you know, when it comes down to it, there's some stuff in here that is like, it really is funny, right? But then there's some stuff where I'm just like, you have to almost take it as like so ridiculous. Like, it's not based in reality, which is the whole point. But I kind of wish that it kept that tone in a way. Um, or that's how you have to kind of look at it of like, that it is just juvenile and that it is just like, it, yeah, it just is. You know what I mean? Um, it's funny to me that like this obviously was made to be like a raunchy sex comedy. Um, and it's funny when you think about it with like the hot chick, right? Cause in that episode, when I talk about it, that's a PG 13 movie. So technically you could be 13 and gone seen it. Um, but if anything, like I actually think, yeah, well actually I put this and the hot chick kind of on a similar pedestal, to be honest. Like I really put them at the same kind of level. Like they get the same kind of rating from me. I don't think, but I would actually probably watch the hot chick over this again. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't, but like if I had to choose which one's better, like the hot chick might be a little itty bit better. I don't know. Maybe, um, maybe, maybe it's because like Anna Ferris and Rachel McAdams are there, you know, uh, Michelle Trachtenberg's in here, but she's only used like a little bit. You know what I mean? Like the men in this movie are not, any like none of the characters are that interesting like to be perfectly honest with you why am i going through the plot right now because i can but like whatever but anyway so what ends up happening is that because jamie got robbed but getting a blowjob um they don't have any of their money anymore they don't have their train um tickets their passports money what the fuck so they have to hitchhike um to berlin and they misunderstand this guy who they think is going to berlin but he's actually not going to berlin and they end up in bratislava which is in the czech republic which is where they shot this whole movie at anyway so uh they end up uh, <laughs> pulling their money together, getting a uh, $1.87, and they end up using that to like live the lavish love, lo- life of luxury. And so then they end up going to a nightclub where a techno remix of Scotty Doesn't Know is playing, which is really good. Um, so they drink absinthe. Um, that's a whole fucking thing. But like, uh, they get like uh, drunk off their ass or whatever, and like jenny and her brother end up like kissing each other uh, cooper doesn't let them forget that kind of a thing um and yeah so we end up getting to germany we end up getting to berlin which is i don't think probably germany at all probably but um they end up going to mika's place like where she lives but her parents are there um or her dad i guess is at least there um and uh he tells them that like hey like you know my daughter was here she then decided to change her plan she was gonna go to the u.s she didn't tell me why she changed her plans and instead now she's gonna go um on the summer tour group thing and she's gonna go to rome pretty much um and she's gonna go to like a summer at sea type of thing so then what ends up happening is that um scotty's all like dejected and he's just like upset because he's like i came all this way blah 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 but i'm gonna try and see her like i really love her right and so then jamie ends up selling his camera to be like hey here's how we're gonna get to rome so then they go to fucking rome and then this is where it all just like gets crazy so like pretty much what happens is that um they ring the bell that shows that the pope has died when the pope hasn't actually died and they end up um it ends up being that like um 
like Jamie, for example, like uses his um his knowledge um to like show that he's like a tour guide, sort of kind of. And then he's able to kind of finagle his way into there. They're able to finagle their way into there that way. So then, um, yeah, that ends up happening. And so then, like, you've got that. You've also got, like, you know, like I said, um, Scotty and Cooper. They, (laughs) like, they set, they accidentally set um, the Pope's hat on fire or whatever the hell. That's a whole thing. I'm sure Catholics love that. Um, And then, like, Scotty, like almost becomes the new Pope in a weird way, but then the Swiss guards realize, which is interesting because I don't remember how long, long after it was, but I believe that the Pope either had just died and, or died not too long after this movie came out, which is kind of weird, but that's a whole thing. Um, but yeah, no, the guards like uh, figure out what's going on and everything. But then um, they're like, "Oh, you're, like you're in big trouble." Blah blah blah. But then, of course, Vinnie Jones comes back and he's all like, "Because he, he has a hatred of Italians for some reason." So he's like, "You know, yeah, like you're not doing that. You know, you dirty Italians." Blah blah blah. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> and then it's funny because the guy is like, "But I'm but I'm Swiss. Like I'm not even Italian." And he's like, "Well, yeah, those two, whatever." Because um, of course, like Manchester United's got your back, if anything. So then Scotty gets to finally show his love to Mika, and then what do they do? They go into the confessional and have dirty, dirty sex. Um, and then they decide to, you know, go back to Ohio now. Um, Cause they must have, they just must have a bunch of money. I mean, I guess they're coming from some kind of like middle-class wealth. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, no. So Jenny and Cooper, they become an item. They have sex in the, uh, airplane bathroom. Um, Jamie actually stays in Europe because as part of the little tour group that he got to be a part of, or he got to lead, uh, Arthur Fromer, who is a real dude. Um, he, uh, is like a travel guide person. Um, he like writes travel books and shit like that. Um, he ends up, uh, like seeing him and is like, Hey, 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 you're actually really good at this. And like, you should have a job. And then we end up finding out, and this is like the tacked on ending or whatever. Um, I think this is the studio ending, if anything. Um, the, he goes to Oberlin College, which is in um, Ohio. Um, and we end up finding out that, like, um, so Cooper and Jenny are together and all that stuff. Um, Cooper's about to, like, go beat up a fucking, like, the robot or something. But uh, we find out that Scotty is, like, rooming in the dorm. And then. Mika is mistaken as Mike and actually is going to college in the States for some reason now. And, uh, yeah. And then it ends with the, the, there was an absence there, absent there fairy, I guess. Try saying that five times fast. Um, and it ends with the little absinthe fairy, I guess, um, being like, yeah, when is, when does the fairy get laid? You know? It, it doesn't give it, it's not as cool as like the bender like you know um oh yeah well i'll just you know i'll build my own you know i'll build my own thing with blackjack and hookers actually you know what forget the blackjack yeah whatever screw it you know so it's a little bit less cool than that but you know that yeah no dude that's a that's euro trip for you um i mean any sort of like standout moments again i don't think we have to break down the characters like at all because a lot of them are just super surface level surface level um like scotty for example is very much just like he's so predictable is kind of his like that's like his uh it's the criticism is that he's like you know very um predictable you can kind of set your watch by him uh, which is why he gets broken up with in the first place so he kind of wants to um but you don't really even get that until the end where like, you know, yo, I'm you, sometimes I could be unpredictable and it's like, but how the fuck are you like showing that throughout the whole movie at all? I don't even think that's really being shown. And like I said, everything else is very one dimensional. So there's no real point in even trying to like find any depth here. I don't think some standout scenes for me, I, I will say are like, for example, like, um, gosh when i think about it like obviously scotty doesn't know it's just a song is like really fun um 
<laughs> I do like when they are in, let me see. Oh, I like when they're uh, with the Manchester United guys. Uh, that's really fun because they're like singing um, Morning Train and everything. And also like just the way that they're talking to each other on the double decker bus. Like that's very fun. Um, I would say also just like, I don't even know, like even anytime it has to do with like, Anytime they have, like, the sexual comedy there, um, I don't think it's, like, super that funny, really, honestly. Um, like, even partly of, like, some of the stuff when they're in Bratislava, right? Um, like, when they're at the the club or whatever, right? Um, like, the song is there, and that's really fun. Um, oh, and there was a guy, Kristoff, that was what it was. Uh, Jenny meets him uh, when they're on their way to Berlin. Um and everything like that and um then we find out he's like just a douche pretty much he's already married apparently he's bisexual i guess too but like uh you find out he's already married and like her uh her kind of dream of like falling in love with a foreign guy is just kind of like broken um and she just like drinks the night away and then ends up making out with her uh brother that's a little fucking weird anyway um but yeah so i mean there there are some like baseline like oh this was sort of funny or like you know th- there are some things that that are are kind of fun here or, or that you can kind of pull out of right um but yeah i do think that overall i do give this movie like a three you know i, I talked about it in one of my what i watched befores um because i had watched it probably a couple months ago and like i said i think for myself at least this film is something where I, um, I do have a level of nostalgia for it because I watched it when I was young, very much like on DVD. So I'm very much a part of that, like, um, you know, that kind of band of people who watched this when, you know, uh, we were too young to watch it, but I watched it on video by like renting it at Blockbuster or whatever. And to be honest, it is kind of targeted towards a a juvenile sense of humor in a way. Um, and I don't ever think that's like a bad thing necessarily. Like it's not always that. Um, I think the thing with this movie is that it is that kind of humor. And, you know, if you suspend your disbelief enough, obviously. And, um, I, I, again, I I must say that I, I do tend to enjoy this. Like, similar thing you know i i feel a similar way about it with like the hot chick for example you know like um i don't hate the hot chick nor do i hate euro trip or anything but it's very much a thing of like you know they're they're fine for what they are but you don't have to really go any deeper than that <laughs> you know and there's no need to really um and, and there, there's something from my childhood. There's something where I watched them when I was young and, and that's always like fun and dandy. So, you know, but I, uh, uh but yeah, I don't know if I would like own it necessarily. You know what I mean? Uh, and also I, I, uh, unfortunately when it comes to Euro trip, uh, it's not like the writing is really any kind of strong. Um, and it's not even like the characters are even that like interesting, honestly. Um, but there is this kind of you you can get something out of just like how over the top and crazy it is um it doesn't even get into like it, it doesn't really get into like the fun it doesn't get into fun camp or anything like that though i don't think um but it, it kind of is like if you like that kind of humor and you may enjoy that kind of thing um and then it could work for you, or if you have a level of nostalgia. And I think in particular with this film, I think nostalgia really plays on this film. Um, and it really kind of helps it to be this cult classic, I think. Um, if I had to give my <laughs> not at all expert opinion, but it's um but the reason I think this was a, a cult classic is because it did not do well um financially necessarily, and it was a DreamWorks movie, so DreamWorks isn't anything to sneeze at, you know, it's it's a, a major studio. And so uh with this, I think because it ended up doing good, you know, as like um 
on home video and stuff like that. Um, that that's why it has this kind of cult legacy. Plus, also having something like um, Scotty doesn't know, which is just very well known now, or it, even twenty years later is still something where people are like, "Oh, hey, you, if you know this, you know." You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah. Would I tell you to watch it or anything like that? I will say at least, like, if you want to give it, like, a one-time watch, that's totally fine. Uh, it has been on Pluto for quite a bit. Um, I watched it on there recently, actually, um, uh, of this recording. Um, tonight I did that. Um, but I also watched it a couple months ago as well on, t- um, Pluto. So it does show up here and there, there. Um, and it also, actually, funny enough, when it, Actually, I'm lying. So I watched it on Pluto tonight, but I think beforehand, I think it was on Prime when I watched it before. So you can kind of find it on there. I would give it at least, I would say at least like watch it once if you've never seen it before. Um, I maybe would not pay for this movie. I would wait until it's streaming somewhere for free um, or as part of your subscription or whatever. But that's how I would say, or that's how I would kind of suggest it, if anything. Um, And just know it's very 2004. You know what I mean? Um, And I can also say, too, um, even though there is a fair amount of gay panic and the whole inciting incident of this movie has to do with this kind of gay panic, um, they do not use the F slur in this movie a ton. They do refer to things as gay, like, once or twice, um, which I don't really care. Um, but they don't use the F slur, so that, that was kind of fun. Um, you know, because again, it's not like it's people in the queer community or, like, other gay people using the F slur, which I probably wouldn't mind really. Um, this would be a bunch of straight people doing it, but they, they don't do that. Um, but they do through the, R, they throw the R word around here and there. And, you know, um, you know, just, just, uh, it's 2004 y'all. It was a little bit of a different time. Um, but, I, like I said, I, I think I would watch it once. Um, if you have nostalgia for this movie, fine yeah i think that's a driving force to the legacy of this movie in particular um as that nice british guy i guess said before that he says it's satire and i can see why people would think that and i i completely um i can i can get with that too i can kind of understand that um because again you know we reevaluate stuff all the time you know and some stuff that I'm a big proponent of John Waters and I love a lot of his movies right um, and th- some of those movies are objectively kind of trashy they're kind of whatever but um, I think those are a little bit more well done than something like this necessarily but uh, again everyone can have their own opinions and whatever it's fine but but yeah, I, I would say watch it once if you want to. If you don't like it, great, fine. Um, but if this is a favorite of yours, I completely understand why. I completely understand um, having that level of nostalgia for it and having those kind of uh, good feels to it and just like how the ridiculous it is. Um, but yeah, I can, I can understand that for sure. But yeah, I think that's everything I need to, to talk about when it comes to Euro Trip at this point. Uh, so I think we're gonna close the book on that. All right, uh, you know we're gonna we're gonna close the passport on it, if anything. Um, but yeah, so now we're going to do the the closing of the show, I guess. So if you'd like to follow uh, the show on, in social media, you can do so. Uh, I'm on Instagram at cult cinema circle. And then on Twitter or X at cult cinema circle. Um, you can also follow me on letterboxd at Jesse J E S S E cramp K R E M P all one word on there. You'll see the movies that I log and, you know, um, I might write a little review about it or like whatever the hell, um, you know, just, you know, doing doing letterbox things over there um so yeah and then if you if you would be so kind as to uh rate the show comment uh subscribe whatever um so rate five stars on your podcatcher of choice whether that be apple Podcasts or spotify or whatever um and if you want to leave a one to two sentence review you can do so you know uh tell me if you like the show or whatever you want to say uh really more so if you want to also as well you can also email me um you can email the show i guess at uh cult cinema circle at gmail.com if you want to suggest any movies that you want me to cover or if you want to like ever guest on the show maybe you want to hit me up on there or if you want to like say hi or, or whatever i'm i'm down for everything i'm down for it all um but yeah 
And so a little bit about what I am planning to do next week. Uh, you will also find that I'm doing quite a bit of... Um, anniversaries this year uh, just because it is a big year uh, for anniversaries so next week I'm going to be doing a little movie um, from 1989 and I'm going to do a little something uh, called She's All That uh, so yeah if you don't know what this movie is about uh, pretty much it's about Zach Seiler played by Freddie Prince Jr. he places a bet with a friend of his saying that he can turn um, the ugliest girl in school uh, into the prom queen and you know hilarity and craziness ensues from there um we can get all into it about that um on my next episode but that is what i will be covering next week for its um 25th anniversary which will be super super fun but I think that's everything I can think right now. Um, but as always, I thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the Cult Cinema Circle podcast. And remember, Scotty doesn't know. Scotty doesn't know. Scotty's got to go. All right. Take care. Bye.